one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today, I have my brother, John Frank, another physical therapist, movement genius on the podcast. He is one of the most popular podcast guests I have. I'm so happy to have him here. Here he is, John. Uh, well, I, <laughs> you're the genius, genius and most popular. I, I should come here more often. I, I don't get that much um, in other places, but I'll, I'll take it. Okay, well, nice good. to be back. Great to have you. Okay, so starting right off, I've gotten a lot of um, questions lately. People have been tagging me on from Instagram and asking me my opinion about this kind of trend, it seems, in the functional movement world where people are purposely turning the, um, the femur into a valgus position for the knee and practicing a squat. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, like when we squat, we typically squat with the thighs or the femurs parallel or turned out a little bit. And in the functional, in, in the ones that people have been asking me about, like, what do I think of this? The, the people are purposely turning their thighs in hip internal rotation. The knees are going to think knock need and then practicing a squat like that. And they're saying the benefit of that is the knees need to be prepared for all kinds of movement. There is a rotational um, component of the knee joint. It's not just hinge and that it's better to practice this and then add load to it so that you can be more prepared in life. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, really bad. Um, <laughs> that's like akin to like uh, learning how to lock the barn door already after the horses have already left the barn. Uh, you want to prevent controlled movement. Uh, that's what Zion Williamson is having 
difficulty with or they're afraid of is he lands as he dunks uh, or jumps high, he lands with his knee going in as well as too straight. And that can uh, really be detrimental to the knee. Uh, To lower the knee in that position is really you're missing the point. The point is to, there is some rotation of the knee joint. So there's two joints. One is the tibiofemoral joint, which is the but most be the thigh bone and the shin bone. Then there's a patellofemoral joint, which is the kneecap going up and down the groove at the very end of the uh, of the femur. So they kind of uh, you can think of it as two joints that work together, of course. Um, so when you um, uh, it is correct that the knee is not a complete hinge joint, but the key component is is when you bend the knee the lower part, the shin, the tibia, has to rotate inwards more than the femur. So as your knee bends, the ankle pronates, the tibia internally rolls in, and then the femur follows. You get into trouble both in the tibiofemoral joint and the patellofemoral joint when the thigh bone rotates inwards too quickly and rotates inward more than the tibia. It's the relative rotation. Some rotation's normal. That's how uh, the femur internally rotates. That's how you absorb impact, partly. Um, and, but it has to rotate slower and not as much as the tibia. If it does, if it rotates too quickly, because you're usually the outer hips, the deep hip rotators and the glutes are too weak, what happens is it's like a door that's out of a hinge. The femur rotates inwards more than the tibia. That puts the knee, knee joint out of alignment. It's not as congruent and there's more pressure build up. There's more shearing forces on the inner knee. There is, that's how the most, it's the most uh, common way to straight to tear your ACL. It puts shearing on the uh, the the, the uh, meniscus, and uh, so that's one joint. That's the tibiofemoral joint. The other joint is the patellofemoral joint. Now, if it rolls in too much, the kneecap doesn't the really. The femur, yeah, mm-hmm. the top bone rolls in too much. The kneecap, if it's too much, again, some is normal, but it should not be excessive, and it should not be more than the tibia. If it rotates in excessively too quickly, it the kneecap drifts to the outside of the groove. It goes up and down uh, the, the trochlear groove. So the, when you bend your knee, the kneecap goes from a high position in the groove to a lower position. And so it, and that kneecap is there to, uh, to help the quadricep have a better lever arm so it's stronger. Otherwise, it wouldn't be uh, very strong because it, would be, uh, it wouldn't have a kind of an angled approach to the tibia. So it needs a lever. Um, so when the kneecap, uh, when the thigh, thigh goes in, the kneecap too much, the kneecap drifts a little bit to the outside of the groove and you have less congruency between the undersurface, the kneecap and the femur. As a result, you have a buildup in pressure and there's a pressure that's very painful. Uh, you'll feel it on the, uh, underneath the kneecap. Uh, they used to think it was more called like patellofemoral pain was due to 
weakness of the vastus medialis obliquus or imbalance between the inner quadricep and the outer ones. That might be the case. I mean, there's some, it it does have to be balanced, but they find out uh, they're really, they're really pretty uh, sure that it's, it's more the case that the weak hip muscles that control the internal rotation of the femur um, is not, they're not strong enough um, and it causes that um, lack of congruency and pain. So, right. So the, the point is there's, in your opinion, there's no value to like uh, preparing your no. knee for different loads in different angles. And I think, I no. think that, you know, this is where people, uh, not to be critical, but I do think there's people in the fitness world who take an idea and they're like, well, we have all these different ranges of motion our joints are able to do, and we should really prepare them in all the ranges. But the thing about the knee joint in particular is what you're actually loading and putting stress or demand on are articular structures. You're not, you're, you're not really putting load or demand on the muscles that are really the if we want to load or stress something, we want to do that with the muscles so that they can respond. But what John was saying is like, you're talking about meniscus are there. There's ligaments that are there. There's the patellar tendon that's there. There's bursa. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there that's there to um, actually uh, offer more stability at the knee. The knee, in fact, if you were, the hip should be mobile and the knee should be more stable. So to put the knee in a position where um, it's, it's going inward. So if you're like ever seen Bikram practice, uh, John knows this where it's called the awkward squat and it's like your knees are in and then you go as low as you can and everybody, whenever you're in the room with people, you just hear a bunch of like (laughs) cracking. And it's like, again, cracking isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's weird. It's a weird position for the knee. And that's not a functional position. I don't think we have to prepare for that. You don't want to prepare for where you would pop your ACL. Like, why would you go there? Why don't you prepare the balance around the hip instead? Yes. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's, um, and, and we know this, like so much literature that we know in the last 25 years that, that, that knee going in is, some, uh, knee valgus. So it's that the thigh is kind of going in as, uh, in kind of a side to side movement as well as rotation. in. again, it's normal to have some, but if it's too much, then we know that's the most common reason why people get patellofemoral pain. They get um, ACL tears, MCL tears. So it's, it's 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 there's no rationale for it. And then every joint's different. You can't treat them different. You can't treat them all the same. So the knee definitely needs uh, a, a little bit more, you know, in, in general stability. But it's controlled movements. Uh, something called arthrokinematics is if you look at the joint. You have to look at how the surfaces of the two articulations are moving to each other. There is a, uh, with the hip and shoulder, you want the ball to stay in the center of the socket so it doesn't impinge on tissue. In the knee, you want the kneecap gliding in the middle of the groove. And if you look at the knee joint, as it bends, the, uh, the outside of the knee slides forward the um the tibia and the uh the inside of the tibia rotates backwards that's internal rotation of the tibia and it's relative to the femur so even though the femur internally rotates or rotates inwards 
is not as, it has to be slower and not as much as the tibia, or you like a door that's out of alignment. And the worst thing you do is load a poorly, poorly malaligned uh, joint. That's the worst thing you do. And that's why so many people get in trouble at the gym because they just think, well, all I need to do is exercise. All I need is squats uh, and I'll be fine. And you know, their back's bent, their knees are going in or the knees are bending too much, the hips not moving enough. That's the worst thing you can do is load a malaligned, uh, poorly um, a poorly mechanical movement, moving joint. So no, it, it's, it's, um, uh, it's superficially, it sounds reasonable, but if you really kind of know the stuff, if you think about it and you know, the literature, it's, it's foolish. And there's actually what you try to do is like a single leg squat is you try to control it. You try to keep the knee pointing straight ahead as you use your muscle, the hips, or you need mobility, but you need stability too. It's both. Uh, the knee, uh, you know, certainly you can be too stiff, but it's really, I would say, correct uh, uh, just movement patterns. And, it, and, and every joint, uh, the knee is really kind of unique um, uh, as far as like it's a hinge, kind of almost a hinge, but uh, there's rotation too. And it has to be a very precise movement pattern. Yeah. Um, and that rotation, by the way, is controlled by ligaments. And the thing is, if you do anything where you go beyond what the ligaments can control, you're going to overstretch them. So even if you say, even if you don't tear them, overstretching them is not a good idea. No, it's, no. Um, it just isn't. So, no. okay. But so if you see people doing that funny squat, just smile to yourself and don't imitate I, them. <laughs> I mean, more than likely, you're not going to tear ACL because there's not enough uh, ballistic Tort, yeah. force, mm-hmm. but you're going to, uh, you're going to grind up the knee joints. You're going to have patellofemoral pain. And it's at, if, if, if anything, it doesn't teach you what you're supposed to do when you do stuff. Uh, I, so there's not, uh, I don't think a valid purpose for it. It could be harmful. I agree. Okay. So we have some questions. Let's see if we can get through some of them. So if someone writes anything on snapping scapula syndrome, she was just diagnosed and it's terrible. Mm. Well, so that's not... Have you heard of that? So I've heard of snapping hip. So snapping, I, I, I have a feeling. It, well, scapula. There's a lot of stuff that can go wrong, and uh, with the scapula, um, as far as movement, uh, it has to be that shoulder is another joint, kind of like the knee, is not so simple, and um, the shoulder blade often is not moving correctly on the rib cage, uh, as well as uh, the the collarbones not moving well, and you get shoulder problems snapping is i I assume that there's some lack of control and maybe um like a chicken wing a little anterior uh, tilting forward or tipping forward a shoulder blade i'm not sure what they that's not a real diagnosis but i have a feeling it describes something that you know i I can imagine what that might be so (laughs) work on i'll work on finding uh the neutral position of the scapula in pot in your posture first yeah, and then yeah. the mobilization of the scapula with that neutral position, so that you can glide more. And if you don't know what neutral position, I mean, this is where you might need a professional. You need, yeah, yeah, everyone's you different, yeah. and you need you need really close instruction. You have to kind of you have to really observe the uh, every individual. 
I, I would say one thing that I don't like, I see a lot, um, not in your class, <laughs> I'm happy to say, but when your, sh- when your arms go up, do not pull the shoulder blades back. The, uh, is usually, uh, you have, the shoulder blades have to rotate around and up and then it tilts backwards. Um, but most people, they, 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 the instruction to keep the shoulder blade down, pull shoulder blade down at the end, usually just depresses and down, downwardly rotates this, this, the shoulder blade, which causes impingement of the humerus. So, um, so I mean, I could go on, but you have to really, you know, it's, yeah. but, but so it's um, the shoulder, everyone's a little different with shoulder blades. You have to look at the individual, but um, um, yeah. Speaking of shoulder blades and in the PT world and impingement, um, that's another thing that's been a little bit, I don't want to say trendy, but more recent, I guess, Mm. in the, in the yoga, not in the yoga world, but some in the yoga world taken from the PT world where people are like, it's impingement is not the word that should be used. And For uh, for, for what people experience when they have shoulder pain especially with that overhead movement, you know, that there's like not, I, I disagree with it by the yeah. way, because, yeah. you know, if you've seen, um, like you said, arthrokinematics, uh, the acromium is the supraspinous tendon goes underneath, um, the acromium. So it is going to get, if the scapula is being pulled down, uh, as the humoral humerus is lifting up, there's over time, I mean, many, many times it, the supraspinous tendon is going to be compressed. And I don't know what a better word is, but is, impingement. Uh, well, impingement, yeah. I mean, I Impression, don't know what... impingement, whatever. But I just, I just, I'd read that in a couple, you know, again, these are, here's the thing about reading stuff. And this is really what I caution about uh, functional movement. There's, there's, a, I'm, I'm so happy the functional movement world is out there and people are teaching it and getting, you know, um, certified. But be really aware of the credentials of someone. Um, it does, you don't have to go to physical therapy school to know this stuff. But what I have seen is people will get a little bit of knowledge about something and not understand, for example, the, the kinesiology or the arthrocomat, like how things are moving within the joint, um, neuromotor firing, those type of things. And they just kind of apply some principles to all and like go into these big group classes and teach them. And while that's better than not moving at all, just... Um, be a skeptic. I mean, be a skeptic with a physical therapist, with anyone, and and yes. know where some of their information is coming from. If somebody's giving you absolutes, I would definitely put a bit like red flag up because with movement, there are some like you know things that have been um, examined and shown over and over again with people throughout the years that haven't changed. Uh, even so, I mean, the way science is is you're always like putting a critical thinking eye on it. So I think just be aware if you're in a group class or you're in a functional mobility class or you're getting certified in something, you are getting a piece of the puzzle, but keep investigating deeper because movement is so complex and wonderful. Um, if somebody tries to put it in a, in a you know formula, it's not going to work. Yeah, and biology all. is all about individual differences, mm-hmm. variations. Uh, Einstein said, you know, keep things as simple as possible, but not simpler. I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of people just try and make it simple. They don't really know. Um, I mean, even some 
famous physical therapists I won't mention, but they'll say stuff, stuff like, well, keep the, you know, keep the uh, feet pointing straight ahead. Well, it depends. I mean, yeah. some people have individual differences in their bony structure of the hip or their tibia. And if they're, they keep good hip in the alignment, their foot will point out or in. Uh, a lot LeBron James pointing out and Michael Jordan point was a little pigeon toed. I think those were probably due to bony, uh, bony uh, variations in the hip and uh, tibia. So that doesn't, one size does not fit all. And uh, people have variations even in the, like, uh, as as far as uh, like knee joint. I mean, the one knee joint is called the uh, proximal tibial uh, fibular joint. It's right below the knee and it's on the outside. Is The fibula is kind of like the little bone um, on the out, uh, the little smaller bone of, of the, compared to the tibia. And uh, some people have that joint is actually part of their knee joint. Some people it's is a ball and socket joint. Some people is a uh, syndromosis, which is means it's, it's fibrous; it doesn't move. So there's a lot of variations. So you have to be, uh, you know, you know, um, yeah. You need to first of all, but and, and honestly, some people just don't know the principles at all, right? And and, uh, and, just, and haven't or might have read it, but like you know, you need somebody who's looked at hundreds, if not thousands, of bodies, because for instance, I had somebody who sent me a picture. Um, and said, I'm having pain in this area. What are your thoughts? It hurts when I, she told me a few things. It hurts when I breathe. I feel like I just want to dig it out because it's so deep. And, and it was in, um, right in the area of the scapula. Now, if she had said this to someone who is less uh, experienced, advanced age, <laughs> yeah. um, they would probably been like, oh, that's your rhomboid. You need to get in there and just like dig it out. But she said, you know, it had to do, it hurt, like felt deep in the breathing. So I knew immediately, I'm like, my gut, of course, I, she's not in front of me, but my gut says it's serratus posterior superior, which runs along the same line as the rhomboids. And it also shares some connections to some of the trapezius and upper things. So just the way her neck and her shoulders were sitting, she was getting, like, there was a lot of pull in that area. And, you know, so I told her a few things to do. And, and the point is that um, you need somebody with that kind of expertise who, like, I don't know if I'm, I was correct, but I at least knew the anatomy well enough and some of the things that she was saying, and I could look at her posture and, and surmise this might be what's happening. And so, yeah, I'm going off on a tangent, yeah, but no, just no. You know, I, go I agree. and see I mean, people who have, who have a lot of, a lot of times I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I mean, it's like, I, but I have, I'm, I, but I know I don't know. I know what I don't know. And I, <laughs> And I, but I do know more than most people, but I don't know, you know, sometimes yeah. I don't know some people, you know, it, you know that you're, you're human. You, the more it, you know, the, the more you know you don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and at least you can make hypotheses, you know what to check and, uh, and you should be a little bit humble that you don't have all the answers. Someone else might have a, and you know, people, it can be complicated or it can be simple. Sometimes things are simple. Sometimes they're complicated and you can't just give blanket yeah. Um, yeah. You know, recommendations. Um, but some things you can do, say for sure, do not do. Right. Okay. So, so this is kind of along the same lines as the, um, the, the, the actions we were talking about before of the femur, this person's asking, um, when in a wide legged down dog, why do knees drop in? I see this mostly in men or in a parallel deep squat. Uh, you want to answer that? 
So the news why do they go? Why in? are they dropping in? Like in a, in a in these positions? Well, a deep squat. I mean, there can be uh, a couple reasons. Uh, it's mostly one could be yeah. one could be ankle flexibility. You know, your heels would come off the ground. You might you don't have the movement, so you might get the extra movement by rolling in, creating more uh, uh, movement in different planes for a wide legged down dog. I'm not sure that's, I, I, I wouldn't say that's super I think that's common. just tightness in the hips. You know, if it's like, if you're. Yeah, you could be, it could be tightness in some of the extensors, uh, external rotators. So maybe the biceps femoris, the outer hamstring uh, is, well, it would be more, I'm sorry, I, I would, I, 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 if you're tight in the inner hamstring, you would want to internally rotate your femur because you'd get more flexibility or more range and because you're using that, you're kind of finding more length in the muscle in a different plane. Mm-hmm. So it could be, that's why, it's um, doing, uh, if someone's knee is rotating in just for that, could be, uh, could be why. Uh, it could be also they're using their tensor fascia lata, which is an internal rotator flexor to try to get into the position instead of their iliacus, and that's they're actively internally rotating. So there are a couple of reasons why it could be. Oh, that reminds me, I should do an iliacus flow. That's, that's a really good one. Okay, so let's go to another one. This person asked, I thought this would be good. It's interesting. So many favorite injury or surgery to work with or treat, John. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, honestly, I'm not crazy about surgeries. Uh, I like, I think she I just like wants a, to know like which one is most interesting. Like, or or, inju- or to work with, injury so. or mm-hmm. injury or surgery, injury slash surgery. So, uh, uh, I, well, I, I guess, uh, I like shoulders, I guess, in general, uh, and they're they're more interesting when they're out of the acute phase. So I don't tend to like. I like trying to prove, you know, when someone has pain or they have restrictive movement, but especially pain, you try to figure out why. And there's usually some type of, you know, uh, uh, is the joints are moving quite right, and you have to kind of puzzle together and explain it. So that's more, I think, fun trying to prevent injuries and. Uh, surgery. Um, uh, but in general, I do like uh, knees a lot and uh, shoulders, I'm sorry, and knees and hips. I can't, but I'm more, I like... Um, you like educating, I think. I like, and I like trying yeah. to figure out. It's more of a little puzzle solving. I'm not cr- crazy about the more the... Uh, which is important, yeah. but right. you know, just getting the range, you know, just doing the basics just to get the joint started. I like trying to figure out what's what might be the problem. So, um, Yeah, so, that's what I, I agree. And that's why I love mixing, uh, you know, cause people say yoga teacher, physical therapist. I just look at like movement. Like I want people to yeah, feel yeah. better, move better. And, and a lot of it is like, just, I worked, I had a Skype today and, you know, he was, um, complaining about, uh, he's a baseball player complaining about some lumbar pain. And, you know, I had an idea before I even saw him move that most likely he's tipping in the pelvis and, you know, yeah. and squatting like that. And sure enough, you know, it was like, a, like he's going in, heavy loads yeah and you know arching his back and so yeah the, that, your baseball players didn't have very tight lats and they and, and they you know there could be a, yeah but yeah, yeah it's yeah. all of it like yeah because it's i'll i'll show you some stuff later so yeah. okay um here's another question this person has hand numbness especially in the mornings before waking up and sometime after what do you think is causing that 
Um, it, you know, I think it, I mean, I, you know, this is, uh, this when it would be, unless I had more information to go look at them, but it's a lot of times you can get that from, I think, um, sometimes a thoracic outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, you know, you can have numbness from the neck as the nerve comes out of the neck, but that's not as common as, as uh, most people think, but it can get, uh, it can, uh, as the nerves go underneath the collarbone between the first rib and the collarbone, they can get impinged there if the shoulder blade is too low or rolled tipped forward underneath the pec minor between the subclavius and the and collarbone and the scalenes in the neck. So a lot of times these uh, the nerve bundle can get kind of uh, stretched and uh, kind of um, just kinked, compressed. Yeah, yeah and, I actually um, have, by so the way, I, a podcast on thoracic outlet. Just like go back three or four episodes. But I would yeah. say like analyze how you're sleeping. Yeah, for yeah. For sure. Because yeah. if any of those things are compressing. I would say, yeah, yeah. the shoulder kind of rolling forward, maybe it might be. Yeah. Um, that's common. And then also what you're doing a, a majority of the day. Like, are you at the computer a lot? Are you, yeah. do you have a backpack on um, the things that um, might put your shoulder in that position? Yeah. So speaking of shoulders, another person asked, can shoulder pain come from the bicep? Bum, bum, bum. It can, but yeah, I mean, it happens a lot. You have to be very careful, though. I mean, bicep, the long head of the bicep uh, is an important stabilizer of the shoulder in the front. It goes through a little groove. Uh, a lot of times people have what we call a anterior or forward uh, located humeral head. That means it's too far forward in the socket. Shoulder's like a golf Ball is like a a tee on the a golf ball on the tee, so it's a very big ball relative to the socket. So it can easily kind of stray from the center, and if it goes too far, a common probably one of the most common shoulder kind of irritations or painful uh, condition is the ball goes too far forward in the socket and impinges on the bicep. But you also have a lot of the trigger points that I referred to there. You have even in the latissimus dorsi uh, kind of attaches near there. So, but yes, uh, it's a very common um, injury, I mean, or irritation of bicep. It can, it's a very important muscle for the shoulder. I'm missing one because I tore mine and I can tell you it's not as stable. But, oh, yeah. but, but it, yeah, it, it's for sure the long head of the bicep can get. Um, well, and it comes up in the groove that's right in the uh, very, very near the attachments of the rotator cuff. So yes. that, um, the the pressure within that, and there's a tiny little um, ligament there, the transhumeral ligament that I think right. for a lot of people yeah, yeah, um, yeah. is torn. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot that the long head helps out with stabilization-wise. So I think, like he was saying, check out your position and then check out the position, not only the humor head, but when you're loading it. Like in plank, I see a lot of people who kind of let their humor head kind of sink toward the floor and think yeah. every time you do something like that, or say you're lowering like in Chaturanga, my God, when people lower too low and they really, they're, yeah. I think they're, they're really hanging on their long head of the um, bicep. Yeah, yeah. And the subscapularis is a rotator cuff muscle that's very important in stabilizing the front of the shoulder that it's kind of hard to see is underneath the shoulder blade. So it, it can often be over um, over dominated by the pec major and latissimus. They're all internal rotators, but the the lat and the pec major pull the shoulder, the head, hero head forward, the subscapularis uh, pulls it backwards. So there's usually a lot of times a um, what we call synergistic dominance. One muscle's 
they have similar functions, or at least some of their functions are similar, but one's not doing its job well, and the other one's doing too much too of much. it. So. Yeah. So check your position and then um, uh, work the scapula stabilizers a lot to help uh, relieve the humeral head from um, putting pressure into the biceps. Okay. And then somebody, two more questions. Your thoughts on running with compression socks? Yes or no? Uh, I, yeah, I have looked at the, some of the science and I think it's, it doesn't hurt and there might be a little benefit, but the it's theory. Uh, the theory would be, so your muscles often, uh, your muscles are, uh, are, uh, are kind of contained in fascial compartments. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the, there's three in the lower leg, um, uh, each of the, so Basically, um, it helps to spread the forces out throughout the muscle. So, uh, but, you know, honestly, I, I think they've done, they've looked at it and there's a small effect, maybe if any. Um, but so the, that would, and there is some, 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 some evidence that even putting tape on the skin can help with the proprioception, the, 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 the this, uh, perception. But I think it's very, I think the evidence, if, if it has an effect, is, is very small. Uh, but it, it could, it's not going to hurt. And uh, if you like there, it, do it. <laughs> yeah. There could, there could be, there could be a small effect. And, but that would be a, probably, it just adds to the, kind of uh, fascial integrity and the sharing of the load between the muscles through the mm. kind of like connective tissue. But that's, that would be a guess. And so. Um, I wore, I got some like fancy compression socks for our trip to Africa and I wore them on the way over in the airplane because I knew it was going to be a long flight. Yeah. I did like that a lot. I had, well, that, 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 yeah, that's yeah, definitely that's has a legitimate. For, yeah, um, yeah. Those for, are, that's when. When I'm you're really, not moving much to help the blood flowing. Yeah. And then, yeah. So that's, yeah. Okay. Last question. This person asked, what is the best movement variety for longevity? That's kind of a, I, don't, I mean, let's be honest. John could talk about this for a couple of days. So, well, but, I would just say move well throughout your, your, uh, you know, the variety is important, but basic, there's basic principles of movement, which means treat your, treat your low back more of a, a neutral, move your hips uh, instead of your back uh, in both ex, uh, bending backwards and forward a lot. Um, a lot of people, uh, you know, they bend their spine instead of their hips, or they extend their spine instead of their hips. So move the the big, you know, keep the ball in the center of the socket. The low back is really, I wouldn't twist it, I wouldn't bend it much or extend it. It's really a place where you want stability. A lot of times, the upper spine you want more mobility, and and um, and um, so I, you need variety, but not. A variety of bad movements. Take one of or, my classes. There you go. There's yeah, the answer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Take her. Yes. Very much. Or and, and learn just basic principles of movement. Um, um, and do a variety of things is of course good. But walking and is great. Well, running, but uh, do a variety of things. Uh, good yoga is great. Uh, but don't just you know avoid poor posture, static and dynamic postures that can really. Uh, most most of the injuries we get are not acute. They're micro traumas over a long period of time, and that's you really want to um, not do that. Yeah. So that would be the best. I agree. 
I agree. And we're both like half a century old. Bang it. Boom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still cooking. All right. Yeah. <laughs> John does a little more aggressive stuff than I do. So I wouldn't yeah, say yeah, that, right? actually. Yeah. I would not. No, I wouldn't say no. that. Well, no, I when mean, I do like, your yeah. class, I feel it's a good work. It's as good as workout as I do. Yeah. So oh, well, I, there you go. I got so a, I got I a rubber stamp approval. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sending in your questions. And as always, hugs from me to you, pulling for you. Thank you, John. Okay. No, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.